Coffee and cats? Honestly, what could be better? We're chatting with Audrey Bays of Whiskers Cat Cafe today here on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I am Sierra Howe, and welcome to another episode of Pet Resource Radio. We are recording from the Fishbowl at Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We are a nonprofit organization who always, always does their best to keep pets and people together. And how do we do that? We do it through supportive services for pet owners that are in need. That can be anything from low-cost vaccinations to low-cost spay and neuter services to... Uh, pet food to resources like pet beds and and well just like a leash or a collar uh, and what we've got coming up right now here is a Black Friday special. What, what? Kaboom. There it is. Um, yeah. Day after Thanksgiving, we will be at the Linwood YMCA at 3800 East Linwood Boulevard um, from nine to noon. This is a drive through clinic. So we try to do a big blowout for um Black Friday every year. Obviously, this year it looks different, um, but we're no less excited about it, and um, we're pretty thrilled to be able to bring this like affordable vaccinations to a bunch of clients on that day. Of course, and honestly, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and before I worked in animal welfare, I didn't think of veterinary care services as a Black Friday special. I was always just online at Chewy or... Um, Petco looking for toys or discounts on food and litter. Yeah. And not necessarily thinking about getting a service. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. And, and you know, it's like you're getting a little gift for your, it's like you're getting a little gift for your present. For your, uh, what? Stabbing them with a needle is a like, gift? Yeah. You're getting. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say stab, poke. Yeah. Poking it's a poke. Them, it's a quick poke, but still. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is a present because you're protecting them from diseases. They just don't know it. Well, get them something else too. Yeah. And quality time in the car while you wait. Exactly. Quality time. Play, play a board game with them. They'll love it. A zooarchaeologist at Newcastle University studied the gravestones of four of the biggest pet cemeteries in England, examining the writing and iconography of 1,169 grave markers from the year 1881 to the year 1991. Uh, What did he find? That despite our relationship with pets going back thousands of years, the concept of them being family really took off after World War II. The additions of family names to gravestones, the references to parents as mom and dad, um, the desire to to meet them again somewhere, um, the addition of religious iconography on gravestones for pets show that the general attitude of the public towards pets has shifted in the past hundred years or so. And to be honest with you, there's um, something that just came out. Let's see, on September 30th, there's in the in the in London's famous Southwark Cathedral, there's a cat named um, Dorkin's Magnificat who had lived there for 12 years. Um, who recently passed away and they actually held a memorial service in the church, which is something that, you know, a little over a hundred years ago would have been absolutely unthinkable. Um, And I think that just shows how far we've grown and changed as a society that we're able to kind of show that reverence for our cats and appreciate the things that they bring to our lives. Thinking back to when I was a kid and how we honored our pets after they passed away. We would bury them in the backyard if they were small enough and then maybe decorate um, 
a stone or a rock with a cute saying or something that reminds them of us. And some folks don't have a yard to do that. So we just want to let you know that Wayside Waves does have a pet cemetery and it's open for everyone in the community. Yep, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, and it's important for people to be able to, to mourn their pets in their own way. So if that's the way yeah. for you to do it, then go for it. And if there were any doubt that kids and pets belong together, a new survey of 2,000 parents finds that the average child in the U.S. asked, for, asked their parents for a pet 1,584 times before they turn 18. That's an average of 11 times per month from the age of 6 onward. And you just know some of those kids a.k.a. me, drive that average way up because yeah. we ended up with like over a dozen pets. Wow. My sister and I combined. It was a group effort, but <laughs> <laughs> my mom still has quite a few at home. So that just gives you a good idea of how many times kids actually ask for a pet. Yep, 100%. And if you think about it, like 75% of the times I asked, Ended up being like coming true. Yeah, you got one. So, Dang. I feel for the rest of the parents out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think in my house it was it was very much. Uh, I I wanted a pet vaguely. Um, I think my dad wanted a pet more, and my mom wanted a pet less. Um, so that this situation didn't work out. Um, both the pet situation and the marriage. So. Um, <laughs> Why don't we just head over to the interview? Whiskers Cat Cafe is the first cat cafe in Kansas City and since opening has been working with Casey Pet Project to find forever homes for their furry feline friends. But that's not all they do. They've also host gatherings, visits, and even yoga classes for folks to kick back, relax, and enjoy cats. We've brought Audrey Bays, owner of Whisker Cat Cafe, onto the show today. Thanks for being with us, Audrey. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about how this idea of starting a cat cafe started. Yeah, so I saw that they were popping up in larger cities, and um, Denver was actually the one that I noticed. So I hopped on a plane and went out and had to see it from my own eyes. And once I got there and realized just how it could actually work and how happy people were in the environment, I just realized that Kansas City could totally support something like this. So once I saw it in action, then I started doing some research, and then I then I just started my plan to implement it. And it took me a little while, but I really just stuck with it, and and it's it's really it's really paid off. Every minute has been worth it. And so, what sparked the partnership with Casey Pet Project? Is that something that they did at the cafe in Denver? You know, they did. So they partnered with multiple shelters. Um, My partnership with Casey Pet Project was just really natural because I was a volunteer uh, prior to the Cat Cafe idea. So I would go to their Zona Rosa location and walk dogs and just built a really good relationship with some of the folks over there. And I really loved the organization. So when the idea came to mind, it just seemed like a perfect partner for all the hard work they do. And that's that's been great. Tori Fugate met with me initially. You know, she sat down with me when I first came up with the idea, and they've just been incredibly supportive from day one. And so since opening, how many adoptions have you all actually done? 
So we're coming out on 466 adoptions. Wow. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that because my goal initially, you know, just in planning was to try to do two a week. So with those numbers, I mean, not counting the pandemic closure we had, it's about five a week. And so we're really just really thrilled with that turnout. And just to put in some context for our listeners, what year did you open? We opened in November of 2018, which feels like forever ago with how time's going yeah. now. But so we're just coming up on our two-year anniversary uh, and you've here in already, just a couple weeks. And you've already done 466 adoptions. That's honestly yes. amazing. I know. Thank you. We're we're really proud of that. We really are. And so, what kind of other events do you hold there? Do people need to make reservations for them? Yes, yeah, so we always recommend reservations um, just to make things easier. That way you're guaranteed a spot. We've always limited how many people are in the cat lounge at one time anyway, but now since the pandemic, we're really just cautious of how many people are in at one time. A reservation guarantees you a time slot. Uh, we do accept walk-ins upon availability, uh, but for our events especially, it's always good to get those reserved ahead of time. So we're currently doing yoga um, at least a couple times a month. We're doing paint night with cats. We have family sessions to where families can come together with children uh, that are under the age of 10 and hang out in more of a childlike environment. And then we're just launching new events all the time. You know, last week we did a decorate your own face mask. So that was fun. And that was also a family event. Anything you can do to kind of take your mind off of things and relax and decorate something that you may use. That's that's really our goal. We just want to incorporate fun events for people to do with cats. So we're constantly coming up with new stuff. I can't wait. I honestly haven't been to your cafe yet, but now that we're talking about it, I'm going to have to go down there and see what it's all about. (laughs) You absolutely should come down. I mean, we've had so many people, the, the theme, well, before also, but especially lately, is people come down and they say, this is the best way to spend an hour. You know, it's like therapy. You know, we're not thinking about the world events or the pandemic or anything. The cats just have a way of taking your mind off of things and just, you just enjoy yourself for an hour. And yeah, people, especially now in these times, people just need to get away sometimes. And pets already have that Mm -hmm. effect on us in general. So having Mm -hmm. this available to them as well, especially if people don't have pets of their own or if they can't. And they have this outlet to go to where they can still enjoy that same experience or that share that same bond and hopefully end up exactly. going home with a cat. So that's the best exactly. case scenario. We have quite a few people that come down on a regular basis that can't own pets due to the, their living situation or like an allergic spouse or, you know, just in between moves or unsteady jobs. So they really can still come get their their pet fix and that feeling like you mentioned and it's good for the cats, too, even if they don't adopt, you know, even even some socialization for some of our cats is really great. So it's a win-win. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything in particular that you've learned about cats by running the cafe? Oh, my goodness. So I've learned a ton, um, mainly to uh, Jennifer Drysword, who works with us. She is a wealth of knowledge on cats. She's had a decade of experience working with them and studying them. You know, and one of the biggest things is is matchmaking. You know, the whole process we go through of making sure it's a good fit with the cat and the family. 
based on their play styles, um, you know, and personality. That's really what I've learned the most is really just how to do that. And then the retention rates for the adoptions are much higher. So that was a pretty big learning curve for myself. But um, Jen's really stepped up and helped us with that aspect of things. And do you try and have a good mix? Because I know there's a lot of cats out there who have different personalities. You have the more shy ones, the more outgoing ones. Do you try and get a little bit of both in there? We do. We do. We try to have a good mix. And the beauty is we can really allow shy kitties a lot of time to kind of decompress and be brave and come hang out. And then we do get the really bold, confident kitties that just kind of demand your attention and take care of the room and... Um, people are really interesting because they are kind of looking for both. We have people come in and say, I want a really shy, mellow cat that's just going to hang out and I'll give them their space and I don't need them to be a lap cat or anything like that. And, and we just are able to match people with their desired pet or companion based on what we've observed at the cafe. Yeah, I feel like if my cat were to be there, he would definitely be the one demanding attention. He thinks he's a dog. So. You've got to love those, too. <laughs> yes. But he he isn't very fond of other cats, so he probably wouldn't like that much, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, yeah, that can be overwhelming for some, too. We definitely play, pay really close attention to their behavior and stress levels and make sure we act accordingly. So. And how do the humans react? You know, there's a lot of different emotions that happen with humans upon entry, We have people that surprise their friends or family members, like we didn't know we were coming to a cat cafe, or um, we we get a whole range of emotions. All good, though. Um, We do have some emotional moments, too, where people have lost a pet and they're coming to just kind of fill the void or celebrate, you know, a a monument, I guess, of of a death of a pet um, or an anniversary or something like that. But overall, it's it's really just a room filled with joy and smiles and and just pretty much overall happiness. That sounds so peaceful and so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it and is. You talked a little bit about cutting back on your events, but is there anything else that has kind of changed since the onset of the pandemic? Well, reservations have become more important than ever. Um, you know, just having a plan and making sure we have enough staff, um, you know, limiting the number of people in any given time. Of course, all the regular things that everybody's doing, social distancing, masks, hand washing. Uh, we just do everything we can to keep guests comfortable and our staff safe. Um, private events have really ramped up because we've lowered our rates dramatically so we can accommodate families that way they don't have to get out in an you know an uncomfortable situation it really just offers people like a safe place to get out of the house and hang out around animals without having to be you know around strangers or other people that they don't know so that's been that's been a really helpful tool tool for us that we're able to offer that to people and if people want to reach out to you make to make a reservation how will they do so our website is really helpful. It covers everything. It has a nice FAQ page. It has our COVID precautions. It has our adoption process. Um, and obviously, it has a link to book any reservations for just our regular day sessions, evening sessions, and our events. So it's it's really the best place to go to kind of get a good idea of what the cafe is and how to book a spot. 
Um, if they have any questions, email is a wonderful way. I mean, we have a cafe phone, but the cats are so demanding that we, we joke around that we don't have time to pick up the phone because <laughs> we're tending to them all the time. You should teach the cats uh, so how the to best- answer them. <laughs> I know we should. If they could, if they could start working for us, that would be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, email is a great way to reach us too. So our website is whiskerskc.com, and then our uh, email is whiskerskc at gmail.com. So either one of those is a great way. And you have social media. We do. We have a Facebook page that's just always filled with different pictures throughout the day, uh, and we have Instagram as well. Um, and those are just full of either events we have coming up or fun shots from the day. We have an entire team that helps us capture those moments that happen, and we try to get those out to people on a daily basis. So everyone, make sure you go follow them before you exit this episode of the podcast. Again, Audrey, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today, and a special thank you for what you do to help cats find forever homes. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me, and uh, I appreciate all you do as well. Thanksgiving is on the way, and no matter whether your celebration is big or small this year because of the pandemic, it will most likely involve food. And where there's food, there's pets waiting to eat food, but not all foods are good for pets, so we thought we'd go over human foods foods that aren't aren't good good for pets. 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 Uh, We're going to take you quickly through a few different categories of foods with varying levels of toxicity. The first one is sweets and chocolate. It's a big category. Uh, Different types of chocolate have different levels of theobromine, which is a stimulant that can affect the kidneys, the heart, and the central nervous system of a pet. Uh, Also, sweets that contain xylitol, which is an artificial sweetener, are a huge no-no because dogs process it just like sugar, which means they can end up with hypoglycemia. I'm not trying to go off track, but I really am already wanting sweets and chocolate. So I'm going to really need Thanksgiving to hurry up and this segment because I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Okay, we're going to we'll have to speed it along. (laughs) Number two is caffeine. It's a stimulant and they're more sensitive to it than humans. So keep them away from it. The American Animal Hospital Association notes that calls to the pet poison hotline for caffeine poisoning have more than doubled during the pandemic as folks are spending more time at home drinking coffee. Number three is alcohol. Apart from the ethanol in it causing alcohol poisoning in pets, the carbonation from beer or cider can cause intestinal distress. And hops, which is used to brew beer, can be lethal to pets, though scientists aren't exactly sure why that is yet. Number four is salt. Just like in humans, too much salt can lead to excessive thirst and urination and can also cause them sodium ion poisoning. So please don't let your pets season their own food. Number five is alliums. Alliums refers to my favorite genus of flowering plant that includes onions, garlic, leeks, shallots, chives, and scallions. Uh, They're very, very bad for pets, and it impairs their ability to carry oxygen through the bloodstream. So, you know, be careful. And last but not least is bread dough and yeast. This is one that people don't really realize can be dangerous. As yeast grows, bread dough expands and can cause intestinal blockage. The gases it gives off can cause intestinal distress. And the ethanol it creates as a byproduct can cause alcohol poisoning. This is another category where calls have increased exponentially throughout the pandemic as folks try their hand at baking like Dave while they've got more time on their hands. Or yep. if or if you have a dog like me, she just gets on the countertop and eats a whole loaf of bread <laughs> on camera. Get security cameras, y'all. You'll be literally entertained for days. 
man, I can't even imagine. I, um, yeah, you know, and here's the thing. We're not trying to freak anybody out by listing these things off. This is really just a matter of trying to, uh, let people know that they're, they should be aware if you're making a big meal, um, and you have a lot more things going on, you may not be paying as much attention, but you should. And if they do accidentally get into something, just keep an eye on them and make sure to get a hold of your vet the next day. If it is an emergency situation, you can always take them to emergency vets, which are usually open 24-7. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Thank you to Audrey from Whiskers Cat Cafe for being on the podcast today. If you want to schedule a visit or just see what they have to offer, head over to Whiskers kc.com to check them out as for us we're a nonprofit trying to keep pets and people together you can head on over to prckc.org slash donate to chip in a few bucks to help us provide supportive services for pet owners in need that can be anything from a collar or a leash up to assistance with services really your donation helps us make ha- uh, magic happen and right now every donation is being matched dollar for dollar meaning there's never been a better time to help in addition we're taking part in the target circle program through the end of the year which means that every participating purchase at Target gets you a vote that you can use to help us get grant funding. Just head over to circle.target.com or download the Target app for more info. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review pretty please. That always helps people find us. Follow us on all things, aka Twitter and Facebook. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. Until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as the writer Anne Lamott said, my idea of absolute happiness is to be in bed on a rainy day with my blankie, my cat, and my dog. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, hosted and produced by Sierra Howe and myself, David Shapiro. Recorded, mixed, and edited by David Shapiro. Music by Hazel Ra, Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash hazelraw musical industries.